You're listening to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. Good evening, and it's the Aging Hipster Rewatch. I am Bob Serrano. It's everyone's favorite and most expensive time of the year. As our present to you, dear listener, we are coming at you with our special Christmas episode. It's time to brush up on your Portuguese, break out your drum set, and stalk your best friend's wife. <laughs> this episode, we are talking about love, actually. Joining me is the co-host of Aging History Rewatch. Together, we survived 20 hours of Star Wars movies, and now we are looking uh, for our own little French bungalows to write horror novels. He's better known as Mr. Romantic, at least on the French Riviera, is Toby Crines. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I got to say, um, I'm very excited about getting to this next phase of this podcast. Me too. Really um, excited. In some ways, I, I was thinking about it, that the Star Wars is almost like our like our education, like going to school, like podcasting school, you know, like in terms of I learned a lot from it. Uh, eight movies later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, now we're in grad school. Exactly. Uh-huh. We're doctors. Yeah, we're, we're podcast doctors. We're getting our, our third bachelor's degree. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Toby, for being along for the ride. It's been You're a lot welcome. of fun. Oh, same here. Thank you. Also on here is our special guest, and, and she is special indeed. She's on my all-time top 10 people list because it's none other than my sister, Melissa comma Mimo Simpson or wait no parentheses Mimo Simpson <laughs> Mimo welcome fine. that's fine <laughs> Melissa Simpson thank you so much Bob for having me and for being my brother you're welcome oh. that I say that a lot during family get-togethers you're welcome <laughs> <He does. laughs> it's annoying oh <laughs> uh, okay before we get too far ahead of ourselves we are brought to you by the aging hipster network 2020 is going to be a great year there's a lot of content planned not only are we going to be doing the rewatch every week, but we are releasing the Dad Lennial My Parenting Podcast, something I am very excited about doing. There's also a couple more shows in the works, along with the Aging Hipster Podcast itself, where I just badger people on my Facebook friends list and interview them. So let's get into the movie. And today, the movie is Love, actually. So first, so let's just uh, some stats and information about it. It was released in 2003. It follows the lives of eight very different couples in dealing with their love lives and various loosely interrelated tales, all set during the frantic month before Christmas in London, England. It was written by and directed by Richard Curtis, and it's starring basically every English actor and actress that they could find. (laughs) Or as my wife says, these are actually famous people if you live in England. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh the budget was forty million dollars. It made around sixty million dollars in the US. Worldwide, it was two hundred and fifty million dollars. So let's look back at 2003. What was going on? Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Colin Powell presents Iraq war rationale to the U.N., citing uh, WMDs as an imminent threat to world security. Bush announces that he's ready to attack Iraq, even without a U.N. mandate. And they go ahead and do that in March of this year. Baghdad falls to U.S. troops. Uh, Bush had that um, much-ridiculed mission accomplished uh, photo op. And... (laughs) And Saddam Hussein is captured by American troops. 
And so that was kind of the political stuff that was happening there in this time. We were getting embroiled into the Iraq war. So what was happening in the movie world at the time? Johnny Depp, he's swashbuckling in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Finding Nemo is released. Big budget sequels lured fans into the megaplexes. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, uh, dominated the 2003 box office and also led the way in Oscar nominations. The Matrix fans were treated two sequels, Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. Lord of the Rings Return of the King won the Academy Award for the best uh, movie of 2003. Album of the year was Speaker Box slash Love Below by Outcast. Now, coming out of all of this is Love, Actually, the movie that we wa- watched this week. So, there's a lot going on in we really try to unravel um, the mess of spaghetti of the stories um, I just kind of want to start off with a question given that at this time a couple years after 9-11 in the beginning of the of this uh, kind of unending war in Afghanistan and the brutal quagmire in Iraq was this movie made to soothe us do you think? Well, I don't think so uh, and I would say too you, you missed uh, 50 Cent had five of the top 100 singles uh, of the year with Inda Club being number one, uh, 21 Questions, Magic Stick, Pimp, and Wankstar. (laughs) Wankstar, which was always my favorite. Yep, and and he he never has to work a day in his life from here on out. (laughs) He just had to work one year. I think that's all of our goals, right? We just need to work one year. Yes. I need my, my own. <laughs> just need to release my wangsta and I'm exactly. right. I'm, exactly. I was thinking because, you know, like rom coms are all about the formula, right? Everyone's like an architect or a writer or a millionaire or a maid. You know, <laughs> there's a meet cute. They have funny friends. They don't get together until like a rush at the end. And you know what to expect. Um, so it's almost like they took like these eight stories and like boiled them down to the like to these to like, those essential parts. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it kind of didn't. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting because we didn't, uh, you know, you could argue like there in this movie, there's a real lack of like character development. But, um, you know, just I mean, you have eight stories, same amount of time. <laughs> crammed into eight eight stories crammed in there um but it works for me i mean i i, I love this movie um I, I especially like i watched it again every time i like i've probably seen it you know 10 or 15 times over the years and uh each time like i learn a little bit you know i see notice something new that i didn't notice before and it's got depth you know in terms of like just the way the story's told um uh yeah for me, for me, it works. What do you think, me? I agree. I think I was talking to a friend about it recently, and like on on its level, this movie could shouldn't work because it's just so many corny things that could never happen. But that's almost why it works is because it's this great send up of the rom coms that we've all watched a hundred times, featuring corny situations that could never happen. <laughs> right? And so that and so that was kind of my point. That's why I was thinking it was like two thousand this the beginning of 2003 was kind of a bummer of a year, right? Like no matter where it was and did Richard Curtis, like, I am just going to give you the most saccharine supercharged rom-com of all time. It's like every 10 minutes you're having like a big, like musical number or, you know, (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> Something like that. There actually um, is a musical number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, in the beginning. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, there's the, the the musical play that the kids do. Right, there's exactly. there's the, the singer, you know. Uh, the girl. Yeah, right. Yeah. The girl. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. The girl that was flying out right after the concert. Right. Same. close. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the movie is kind of bookended by the, the airport. And so, Mimo, I thought I think you had some thoughts about about this. Did you want to kind of talk about that about the airport? Uh, yeah, it, honestly, every and I've watched this movie a hundred times. To Toby's point, I'll always watch it. I love it. I don't care how corny it is. I love this movie, and I don't care what anyone thinks of it. Um, <laughs> and but I all my heart just always softens at that beginning and ending scene where you're seeing real people just showing real love for their family and their friends. And it's just, it's beautiful every time. And I've seen it. Anyone who's ever been to an airport or been to a bus station or a train station has seen that just really genuine, pure, you know, people greeting each other who haven't seen each other in a long time, who miss and love each other. And that's as sweet as it gets. Mm -hmm. I, I do think like the, you know, getting into the cinematography, like, they couldn't have done that better. Like it looks like real people at the airport. Like they filmed them and then they like ran after them and like sign this. So we can put you in our movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, wait, you're saying that's not real people. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be strange if it was real. Like I was trying to think through the logistics. I'm like, that can't be like, they've got to go. If that's real, like they couldn't have asked them beforehand. And you know, like, I guess you're right. They would have had, well, yeah. But yeah, it's done really well. And I'm with you. Like, like it tugs at the heartstrings in a really nice way, like not mm -hmm. forced, but just like, hey, here's actual people hugging because they love each other. Like, right. it's all no complications. There's no meat. There's no like boy gets girl loose. It's just, it's just pure. Well, and the one thing I was wondering this time as I watched it, uh, I'm like, what would Trump? So, like the the, the, theme, the theme is like it, on nine eleven. Nobody like the, there were people texting from the planes that were going down, and nobody was like, "I hate my, you know, tell this person I hate them." It was all messages of love. But I'm wondering what Trump would write if he's in that plane on nine eleven. Is he just like tell Hillary get the emails? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I shudder to think. God. <laughs> He's probably on the John in the airplane. Oh, Hands man. around the ankles. Tell Melania she wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we well, we might have to wait for that. But it's all yeah. It's, I also thought it was interesting that they even in the script um, that Hugh Grant was talking, you know, speaking about the. Kind of pointing out, even though nine eleven happened and everyone is was kind of really afraid of airports for a while, it's also these collections of where really happy moments happen. You know, mm -hmm. so I thought that was also an interesting thing, and also like kind of ties into what you were talking about, meme. You know, it was a scary time though. I mean, I remember at that time, so that was right after nine eleven when this movie was released, right after nine eleven, which means it was probably you know filmed and written you know, right after yeah. nine, like, you know, Hey, it's nine, nine, 12. All right, let's write a movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it was released like two hours. Or, I mean, two years after nine 11, right. You know, written and, uh, you know, shot, yeah. you know, whatever a year and a half, but you know, we're still living with the ramifications today. So, yeah. And it's, it's, 
at the time it was like a real visceral fear for me anyway. Like I would look anytime a plane flew by, I would look up and wonder if it was going to crash. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and now it's more like <laughs> who's spying on us, which, <laughs> which government agency is, you know, <laughs> coming after us, you know? No, you're right. And that was, that was, I can remember, I remember that day very well and the weeks and months immediately after and it was a terrifying time. I think we were all on pins and needles wondering, you know, what was going to happen next? Were we going to war? And what would that mean? And, you know, just what was that going to mean? Um, it was terrifying and it was sad and there was so much grieving. And, and, and too, I think in a lot of ways, this movie probably was a response to that. Just we're all so sad and there's so much, all anybody's talking about is the hate and the hate and the hate and the hate. And let's just see some love. Get Hugh Grant out of the rom-com stables and trot him out one more time. (laughs) The the rom-com show pony. So we're going to get into the movie plot. And to assist us, um, I found a flow chart made by 538.com, which I figured we can use as a guide around the film. Because it gets a little confusing because they all kind of know each other somehow. Um, I'm not sure if I can post the notes, but if you just look uh, for my dear listener out there, you can look at 538.com, look up Love Actually, and you can see it as well. So I did, So I, I kind of broke up stuff in terms of we're going to discuss things in terms of each kind of love story instead of going through the movie chronologically because it'll just get really confusing. So we're each going to take a story and let's start off with Toby. Uh, leading us off yeah also like i think like the what this one of the cool things about this movie is the characters don't actually have anything to do with each other other than that they're like tangentially know each other Mm -hmm. like the plot points don't like the intersections don't make any difference except except like incidentally like at the very end when the the kids running through the airport and all the airport screeners are watching the musician take off his pants and the tv you know like there's these little like moments that are really interesting but like they don't intersect other than like incidentally which i think i just love like i just think it's awesome um you could just like jumble it up and it'll still be okay. yeah exactly I, I did read um before we get into it that richard curtis the director of this was uh, famously quoted it as saying that this movie was the ultimate nightmare in terms of editing because I think he got in a little bit too deep. They wanted to have actually two more love stories in this. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because he looked outside and there was like Sean Connery like wandering around. It's like, oh. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's start with Colin Firth, um, which, by the way, uh, you know, upon rewatch, like this is the how this climax is at the end, this Colin Firth thing is the funniest like it's the mm-hmm. best in my opinion um you know they're they're all they all achieve something to varying degrees but the uh this one i i laughed out loud this time and like i said i've seen it a bunch at the very end when the kid goes uh you know the, some kids like they're gonna kill aurelia and the other kid goes cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, just I laughed out loud at that moment but um so Colin has a girlfriend who cheats on him. Uh, he's at the wedding of Kira Knightley. So like, again, he, he goes to this wedding, but like, I didn't even like, even that I didn't like make that connection until this time. Like, Oh, that's where he went. The wedding. Like it didn't oh, even yeah. matter. Like, um, 
but he goes to the wedding his girlfriend cheats on him and then he goes to france what's that with his brother with his brother right yeah his brother is banging his girlfriend um so after the wedding he goes to france uh to go write his book um apparently he's an author and again like it doesn't even matter that he's an author like like or They're that he goes to france in romantic comedies <laughs> yeah all we know is that he goes somewhere in the you know in the countryside and he might not uh, have been an author <laughs> um you know they don't speak the same language and they end up falling in love um yeah, he learns Portuguese, you know, so he goes to France, France meets a Portuguese maid, uh, and then they part. And then he's like, oh, crap, I actually love this woman. I'm going to learn Portuguese. And then he goes, uh, and goes to Portugal to track her down and ask her to marry him at the end. Wait, I think he went back to France, though, right? Or was it Portugal? Oh, I guess it was Portugal, right? My wife and I were arguing over this because uh, she thought it was Portugal too but i was like no i think he's in france because <laughs> it's the marseille airport right i mean i don't know i think i think uh, i'm pretty sure that it was it said marseille outside the airport and so now she's a waitress but she doesn't speak french in france <laughs> which <laughs> no one at no one at the restaurant speaks french either they all speak Portuguese. no wonder that they're like this is our best waitress like the <laughs> Yeah. Like the but, French probably love that. They they want a waitress that does not speak French at all. <laughs> <laughs> the the French love to be confused. Yeah. But she did learn some English. Yeah. Just in cases. Yeah. Just in cases. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That is a sweet scene. Yeah. And so I had the question here as is this the best love story of the bunch? Toby, what do you think? Uh, I think it's the best story in the movie. Um, is it the best love story? I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I like a number of them, but like the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman one, I really like as a story. Um, Hugh Grant, Natalie, I, I just, I think that's really funny how that, you know, the big climax for them at that, uh, the kids play, like, that's really funny, but also like Billy Mac and Joe, like, like, oh, yeah. that's a great one too, you know, where, where the guy, he comes back and he's like, I guess I love you. And he's doing that, <laughs> that nervous, like guitar thing. <laughs> and, uh. and, uh, you know, it's just, it's great. Like it really, I don't know. I, I like a number. The only one that I don't like on further viewing is the Kira Knightley one. And I, you know, for various reasons, but um, oh, we're about to get into that. Mm-hmm. We're about to get into that. How about you, Mimo? Is this the best love story of the bunch? Um, I think it's the sweetest because it, you know, again, these are two people who can't even speak to each other, but somehow they fall in love just because, because love transcends language. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just the sweetest and the most romantic probably. Plus, they're you know wading the wine in the pool, trying to get his non Shakespeare. It's adorable. Yeah, and she, yeah, she, it doesn't. It probably doesn't hurt that she's in there in her uh, Underwear, undergarments. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, get oh, don't jump in. oh, he jumped in. Oh, if I don't oh, jump in too, no, I'm gonna. Total surprise! I don't jump in too. <laughs> yeah. like, like, why she's standing up? <laughs> like, like just, it's funny. It's funny. Like, good. Oh, don't bother. It's not Shakespeare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't be like that. I'm like, that's my money. <laughs> that whole interplay of how yeah. they're sort of mirroring each other in what they're saying, but they can't understand it because they don't understand each other. And that was a cute bit too. Yep. And then even at the end, when she says yes, and her dad goes, 
What does she say? <laughs> She's like, see, sí, claro. claro. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. This one I'm going to recap. It's, uh, be- it's between Kira Knightley and The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, so <laughs> The Walking Dead, he's a stalker and videotapes her oh, eating sure. close up during the, their, what, her wedding. Uh, she loses her copy of the video and wants to use uh, The Walking Dead's video. She ambushes him and the restraining orders are about to come out, but later, so he just runs. He just runs out of there. He's like, I'm out of here. Um, later, he tracks her down and has that whole famous uh, play court scene, you know, where he's like, you to me, you're beautiful. Um, even though this, if there's a bunch of stuff that's kind of confused about this whole thing. So first question, Mimo, as our expert female, if you were in Kara Knightley's place, would you also give the, the Walking Dead a kiss? No. <laughs> I'd give him a hug. I'd give him a sympathy hug. But there'd be no kissing. How about you, Toby? There's so much that's confusing about this. So after the kiss, regardless of like whether or not he gets the kiss, afterwards he's like, Okay, I'm done loving this woman. After he's <laughs> like totally stalked her to death. Like showed up at her apartment on Christmas and he's like got this you know, like he can turn it off like that. Like it especially after being kissed, like he He's he's not more confused now. Like yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot about this that I don't like at all. Right, and even beforehand, they made a big point of saying like he never really even talked to her. So it kind of reminds me of like when I was in junior high, <laughs> and <laughs> and I there was a um, a really embarrassing time, which thankfully no one knows about because there's only like 20 people in my class. But I like this girl. I, I stood up in my all black like uh, attire and read a poem that was <laughs> about how much I liked her, yeah. and she was just basically like, "Whatever." Yeah. Oh man! Oh, Frankie! <laughs> yeah, I know. So I understand Walking Dead. I understand. Yeah, love hurts, and he's he's went through so much. Like he also, it's sort of like so you go with your best friend, um, the guy's name. I don't want to butcher the guy's name. I know him. He's been in a ton of stuff. So Kira Knightley's husband, like they, he went out with some like Brazilian prostitutes, Brazilian transvestite prostitutes, Mm -hmm. like in the beginning, that's what they're talking about. Right. Yep. And he doesn't use that at all to gain advantage. It's, so it's like really kind of crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I forgot about that part. I mean, maybe they're just into, I mean, you know, maybe it would be good to know more (laughs) about what happened with those prostitutes because like, (laughs) maybe these are just, uh, maybe they're just a kinky, like, couple plus group of fr- extended friends and like this is normal like par for the course like oh you know my best friend's here to bang my wife well that <laughs> give it you know and she's like uh not today oh you're so sweet you're so sweet thank you i'm so <laughs> i'm so flattered i'm so flattered how you just kept on videotaping my neck <laughs> my wedding <laughs> All right, Toby. So if you were, um, all right, say your best friend is getting married. You've shared a lot, including Brazilian transvestite prostitutes. <laughs> um, would you have done that that uh, play card bit? Of course. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm guilty. Yeah, exactly. Guilty as charged. Except it never ends the way I hoped it ended. <laughs> <laughs> She I'm just do, and you just move on with your life. Right, right. 
Oh. It's like I leave, but I, I sit outside in the car for uh, a two hours just watching. Oh. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Knowing if only I had said something seven months sooner, she might have chosen me. Right, right. But I'm totally fine with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was pretty fun. Let's get to the next story, Mimo, if you would like to tell us. I would love to. Uh, Horny Colin and his friend Tony. I actually kind of secretly love this a little bit. Um, <laughs> Colin is love-starved and unlucky, but he has a plan. He travels to Wisconsin, yeah. Milwaukee. To a Wisconsin, a Milwaukee, Wisconsin I never knew existed and proceeds to have an experience that could only come from the feverish dream of a teenage boy. Ah, oh, that scene. And this is one that I spoke about with my girlfriends, like... Come on. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, here's the thing. This is like Lisa, my wife and I were talking about it. We're like, this, this is the best place they could have chosen. Like Milwaukee, yes. Wisconsin. Like they couldn't have chosen a better city. Like just to, just to say it, you know? Um, no, I think it, and it's funny because everyone knows it's ridiculous because it just is. And so it's just a lot of fun to go, to go see him just be so, um, so what's the right word? Incredibly successful at what he's <laughs> what his plan was. I think Toby but, Toby and I have gone to Milwaukee with similar plans. Yeah, yeah, but not, you know what we were missing, which was key, is the British accent. Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> Something <man>. like that. <laughs> I work with a guy who has a British accent, and that scene where they're saying, like, say table, table, oh <laughs> hey, bottle. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was all a lot of fun. It was definitely fun with uh Kat, who's who is uh so Shannon Elizabeth comes down with him back to England and her sister is what's her name? Denise Richardson. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone is in this movie. It's like and a, January Jones played one of the bar girls. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Only in our dreams, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll have to be naked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and speaking yeah. of naked, that let's transition to our next story. Yes. So uh, this is uh, Martin Freeman and Judy, um, body doubles who fall in love during simulated sex uh, that they were doing as a lighting test for a, some movie, some big budget film. Um, I, I think that this story is really cute. Like, I, I really like it. My wife re- really likes it. And part of it is like Martin Freeman is like one of our, both of our, one of our favorites, you know, just if we were to make a comedy, we would put Martin Freeman in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this was the part where my husband happened to just pop in while I was watching and he was like, oh. what the hell is going on? <laughs> Maybe this is good. I don't know. Oh, long story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of these that's like, totally silly and off like yeah. this never happened in the history of the world but it's it's sweet you know yeah it's just yeah there's not a lot to it They're, they they kind of go through it's just like it's all those really c- clever filler stuff and at the end they do the the kiss and all i want for christmas is you right any any hops down yeah that's all they need i guess that's all yep. they need that's all you need for this movie you need 10 minutes yeah, and this these this might have the least screen time of all of them. Like you know, right. this, this story, it, you know, it's probably got like three minutes total on that, you know, of screen time. And but it's it's nice, you know. I don't need any more. I don't need to yeah. know any more about these two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last, yeah. There's not a lot there. They're just fun, 
And that's why I just couldn't find out any. That's why I didn't write any questions for them yeah. because it's just sort of like, <laughs> what am I asking? Like, right. like Toby, would you be in a body double? <laughs> I was going to propose. Who hasn't this happened to? Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get on to Liam Neeson and Sam. Uh, which Sam, the actor who played Sam, was in Game of Thrones. Did you see that memo? He was no. Jojen Reed. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's watch it all. Well, all so, so my wife said that too. She goes, "Yeah, he was in Game of Thrones." It's like, "Oh, really?" But he's really old in it. Oh, <laughs> but like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not a cute little kid like here. So uh, Liam Neeson is a bereaved stepfather, and Sam is his eleven-year-old stepson. His son is desperately in love with the coolest girl in school. So to do, uh, so to impress the girl, Sam learns the drums, plays. You know, plays during the Christmas pageant. They rush to the airport because the girl's going back home to America. Hijinks ensue. He rushes through airport security. They have a kiss. The son comes back happy and is not charged with trespassing. So, um, Toby playing the playing the band, putting it on a concert to get the girl. We tried this in high school, but I don't remember it working so, out at all. Mimo, do you know my brother Nate? Of course. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh back when i was in eighth grade uh, i was like considering playing drums he goes toby don't play drums you're never gonna get a girl play guitar (laughs) and so that's what i did i played guitar and here we are today i was at the high school when you i believe lip synced to suck my kiss and it was fantastic (laughs) thank you (laughs) he's still coasting on that now (laughs) Uh, noticed. <laughs> you know, actually, I think I like this whole storyline because it's another love story. It's a love story yeah. about the father and the mother. It's a, and it's a sweet love story about um, Liam Neeson's character and this boy that he has acquired and loves and is doing his best to take care of. And it tugs at my heartstrings. And for Bob, you know the reasons why. And it's just sweet. But sweetness aside, do you think Liam Neeson was a bad stepfather for sending his stepson bum rushing through airport security post 9-11? So this this is important to note. Before 9-11, so the young kids won't remember, there was not security there. You could walk right up. And so it's possible. And this is England, too. So, like, it's possible that it wasn't, like, in 2003 in England, maybe it was a lot more lax. Um, Right. But it's still, he he kind of went through and did a bunch of bounding through there. But <laughs> well, so. and then the, the thing that I I saw watched it and the thing that's not believed. So everything I I go I can buy it I can buy it. But at the end when uh the Joanna the girlfriend comes back through <laughs> and then she goes back through nobody stops her like <laughs> like this can't happen. Yeah. And there's no parent on the planet who's like, sure, kid, go run through the airport all by yourself. Right. Hold the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone on the plane is going to be like, go ahead. Go ahead. Just run back. We'll, we'll hold. <laughs> uh, I, You know, another thing I was, when I first watched it, I almost thought that Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson were going to do something. Yeah. something. But it didn't work out because Liam Neeson got a Claudia Schiffer lookalike. <laughs> Because everything good happens in love, actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Emma Thompson. Oh, yeah. Right. Speaking of, <laughs> should we get into their 
into their love, uh, yeah. whatever their story is. Poor Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. A married couple with kids. The husband's eye is straying a bit. And I'm going to paraphrase here, Bob, to a woman who looks like a fish. <laughs> a German fish. Yeah, she's German. But oh, yeah. German. Oh, well, that's yeah. different. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Mike intrigued by the fishy looking secretary from the <laughs> end of Wadsworth. He buys her a heart locket that Emma Thompson thought was for her, but instead she gets Joni Mitchell CDs and it understandably bums her out. So the question, did Alan Rickman actually physically cheat or was it all emotional? And what's the damn difference? Well, well, that's, I guess that answers that for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was I was confused with it. So obviously they stay together. Um, oh, what the the secretary's wearing the locket when? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Toby? I forget. Do they? They don't actually show him giving it to her. Yeah. So he might have. They might have banged. Um, I guess I never even considered that. I, I always just assumed they didn't. But yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> Because she looks like a fish is why not. <laughs> like she lacks the human parts. I'm Emma Thompson. <laughs> I've always been into the movie Splash with uh remember with Daryl Hannah oh, and yeah. Tom Hanks, so I was yeah. like I was all yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, she's like but the secretary's a little bit younger, Alan Rickman. Uh, you know, he's he's just uh, a dad in his forties, maybe not feeling it so much, and then the secretary kind of opens up, like literally opens up. <laughs> I mean, when you're fifty or whatever, like Alan Rickman, and any young fish comes <laughs> onto you, you're liable to stray. Yeah. So what do you? So what do you believe in your? And I mean, picture this young, taut body with a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to picture it. I just saw it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Toby, what's your official position then? Does uh, it matter, like Mimo says? or I think it matters if he banged her. Like, yeah, um, yeah I think I think there's a difference. Be- like, so, you know, I think even Jimmy Carter would agree, like, that emotionally straying is different than physically straying, even though they're both, uh, you know, both crimes, you know. Yeah, and maybe against their budget too, because that was like two hundred and ninety pounds. So it was kind of a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, and it seems like they stayed together at then. I guess this this is the one story I wish they kind of fleshed out what exactly. I guess they kind of did. Like she's like, "Let's go." It's like so he's just in the doghouse for ever. Yeah, and you know one thing that relates to this story particularly, and the the Liam Neeson one is Mister Bean. And he has just this <laughs> hilarious cameo. Like, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah, that is a really good scene, actually. <laughs> but honestly, and the heartbreaking, the most heartbreaking scene in this movie is Emma Thompson when she opens the box and sees that it's the CDs and goes into a room and cries and then pulls it together to go be a good mom. Oh, it breaks my heart every mm-hmm. single time. Yeah. And of course, Alan Rickman's like, "Yeah, I nailed it. Let's let's go to this uh, pageant." Right. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I mean, the thing that you know that sequence where Emma Thompson, like that whole thing, I buy it. Like she, you know, I don't, I can't think of anything else she's in, you know, at all. Maybe, I'm sure I've seen her in other stuff, but like, like she does a fantastic job in this movie. Anything else with this uh, story, you guys? 
Oh, um, oh yeah, no. I'll, I was thinking of the next one. We're good. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Toby. Let's get into uh, Laura, 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 Linney, and Carl. Um, <laughs> the best actual person in the movie. Um, who wrote this? <laughs> Me. Okay. She's like she's friends with everybody. She's very yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah. she's yeah. She's friends, so she might have the most connections to people in the movie. <laughs> um, she's cool with Dan, Ellen Rickman. Answers her brother's phone calls. Loves a coworker named Carl, and they're just about to do it when the phone call derails things and nothing more happens um so the thing that like my wife pointed out here is like laura linney loves carl but she's codependent with her brother and that's what is messing up all our relationships um and the question this plotline just sort of ends kind of like the emma thompson alan rickman one is that a problem um so to me like i think it's it's more about the codependent relationship with her brother like the carl thing is kind of like a descriptor of that one, like mm-hmm. of the other one. Um, so I didn't feel like it just ended like it, you know, the, the thing, cause it does kind of, they close it off or they, I feel like they cap it well with how they would like show her with their brother at the end. Yeah. Or ca- calling her brother rather like that was the big twist. Like she calls her brother. Uh, right. And it seems like after all these other people are finding happiness, this one, just seems like it's really oddly misplaced and i did was saying that laura linney is kind of the um the best like kind of the everyone's best friend right because she was even like making the walking dead feel better like when they had the whole thing about the worst dj ever you right yeah right. cool. and it's just sort of like everyone's like we want you to to finally get a boyfriend or something right and, and, and it's satisfying this part of it is very unsatisfying to me i i hate thinking that she never finds happiness. But again, it's a different kind of love story. This is a love story between a sister and her brother who needs her. And she's chosen that. Mm -hmm. Though they didn't really show a lot of the brother, just like a minute. I know the phone calls happen. And like, she goes to visit him and he acts out against her. And the brother clearly has some mental issues. And that to me too, is a sweet love story. She's, you know, sacrificing her own happiness to be supportive of her brother and be there for him. So it's mm-hmm. sweet. I would never do that for you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just getting you answering the phone is one thing. Just oh, like, God. Uh, okay, let's go on to Hugh Grant and Natalie. Uh, Prime Minister Hugh Grant charmed his way into 10 Downing Street. He immediately starts vibing with uh, the tea butler, Natalie. Uh, the U.S. President Billy Bob Thornton comes over, shooting from the hip, and hits on Natalie. PM Hugh Grant gets all emotional and pushes her away until he sees a Christmas card from her, and he rushes out to find her and <laughs> finds her street and does a bunch of Hugh Grant stuff down the street until uh, he finds finds the house, charms her, and they go to the closest elementary school to make out. So my question is: so one of the things. Do you see this whole standing up to the USA thing kind of a direct reflection of the complicated feelings that the UK had earlier in the year about the US UK relationship? Absolutely. Toby? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And me, I'm sorry, I, I uh, cut you off. Uh, no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, I definitely. So, so let's let's bring people back. And I don't know, like, the exact, like, if when this, we didn't know yet that Colin Powell was lying to the United Nations, I don't think, by the time this movie came out. But I would imagine there was, like, at the time, the U.S., like, George W. Bush was just, like, like you said earlier, he was going to war no matter what. 
And you can either get on board and reap the benefits or you can get out of the way. And so like, I imagine in England, um, people were like, we don't want to go to war. And like, yeah. they, you know, Tony Blair, just like the prime minister of England, just kind of is like, no, we're going because, you know, we, we want to reap the benefits of whatever the U.S. does here. And, you know, there's yeah. a great reason not to go to war, but like they just ignored it. Reminds right. me of the. I- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that there is there is a healthy ma- amount of skepticism amongst a lot of people about the case being made, and I, I think Britain really felt that they were railroaded into it. Mm-hmm. And so this one was definitely the U.S. president was had all of our worst qualities, even though I would have still voted for Billy Bob Thornton. Voices, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a caricature, but in he's Billy Bob Thornton. He's like a little Southern, little, yeah, like a uh, little Bush, little Clinton. A little bit Bush and he's a little bit Clinton. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and that's important to note, too. Like, it, he's not Bush. He, right. He's like just this caricature of U.S. presidents. <laughs> right. They, I'm surprised they didn't have him with like a cowboy hat and riding in on a horse right. or something. You yeah. know, a arrow on his side. <laughs> Yeah. And then another question. Do you think so? Hugh Grant, he's been in basically every Richard Curtis movie that has been made. Is he the perfect English leading man for rom coms? And can you think of any, any American that's better? Let's start off with Mimo. Uh, he's pretty good. I mean, I don't know. He's good with the whole awkward, clumsy thing, if that's what you're into. But right. I'm not really all into that. So. <laughs> 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 um and is the question like who's better with the awkward clumsy thing in america or just who's a better leading man better leading man i think america has a lot of them yeah but tom cruise is a or tom hanks is like our uh, oh, Hugh yeah, Grant. Tom but hanks. but they're totally okay. they play totally different characters but tom hanks is our rom-com guy you're right i would agree with that and but they're both great and i guess we're and we're not like looking at Tom Hanks and remembering back to being caught with a prostitute in 1995. <laughs> right. Like Hugh Grant. Right. I, I so don't actually, I think that's a good. I, I haven't Go seen ahead, a lot of Hugh Grant movies. I think he's great in this, though. Like, I, you know, there's probably the other funniest moment is the part where he's dancing down the stairs. <laughs> so, yeah. so well done. Like, it, and he has, yeah, and he has a lot of, like, Hugh Grant just, just does this Hugh Grant thing, and naturally it's charming. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you just need to put him, open the door, and let him just kind of, oop, 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 oop. You're right. Like, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's great at that. He really is. And I, 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 like, I'll watch anything he's in, honestly, because I do like him, but, like, he's just kind of always that guy. Yeah, he's like, like, who do I got to fuck to get some biscuits? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 how convenient all right and we have one more story left this one honestly is my favorite billy mac and joe aging rock star and his manager at the end of the movie they get drunk and watch porn together <laughs> but there's so much more than that yeah tell us and- well, he's this aging pop star who's like who's competing against a boy band for the Christmas pop song of the year, which apparently is a thing in England. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> this song 
<laughs> is admittedly terrible. And he admits it's terrible and makes such a huge production of talking about how terrible it is. Right. And yet wins the whole kit and caboodle anyway. Yep. And and every time he talks bad about the song, his manager cringes and he's just <laughs> like, why do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> but it works because everyone is just like oh we're so we just love his his like his uh his pizzazz or whatever right. you know his moxie exactly. and come- <laughs> yeah. uh, and- what's your favorite billy mac moment Let my me- radio interview where he's just so oh yeah <laughs> like he's just so just intentionally blasting his own album and just making fun of himself and it's so charming and fun and yeah. you I mean, if I were listening to that on the radio, I would be like, I'm 100% voting for this guy. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, and, and even even the lead in how they're like, what a piece of crap. <laughs> you know, this guy came out. of What? Oh, next up is Billy Mack. He's in the yeah. studio. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, oh, and then it, when he was making, uh, I forgot what show it was, but he was talking to kids about being in, mm-hmm. in uh, bands. He's like. Don't buy drugs, kids, because if you're in a band, people will buy drugs for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. In the radio interviewer, the guy's like, best shag you ever had. And he goes, Britney Spears. And the guy goes, really? And he says, nah, she was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I love that scene I mentioned earlier where he's explaining how he loves his manager to his and he's doing He's just so awkward. Like he just played it so well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the guitar, you know? <laughs> right? You are the love of my life. Yeah. I Do also you, every I get goosebumps every time uh, in that airport scene at the very end when the kid's running through, and then he pulls off his pants like on the TV screen. Like it's just such a well. The whole thing is orchestrated so beautifully, like cinema. You know, just in in the place in the movie, it's just perfect. And it also looked like uh, Joe was going to go all the way because for a while everyone was confused, like what exactly is Billy Mac doing? And Joe's like, "I gotta take one for the for the team." You know, close my eyes and think of England was like right. Right. <laughs> solid uh, gold shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then he's finally like, just like, "Oh, I just have to watch porn with him." You know. <laughs> I, I have to say. I do have to agree. I think Billy Mack is my favorite character on Love, actually, just because he was just so much fun and it's just so funny. And the actor, what, Bill Nye? Yes. And, uh, I have always loved him, and he yeah. just did such a great job. He just ate up all those scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the big final question for you guys, and I'll I'll be the last one to answer, who in Love, comma, actually, uh, would you most like to be? If you could take one of these storylines and don't have to worry about anything you got going on now, <laughs> you know you're not portraying anybody we're not emotionally cheating uh, <laughs> toby um i think like the the most exciting one might be the guy in france slash portugal like the colin firth like hey we got this new thing we're getting married we don't speak each other's language this is going to be fun so <laughs> i'll i would do that just for the you know just to, the excitement you know how about you beam um i gotta go bill nye because i want to be a rock star oh interesting yeah be, billy mack end up with another scandinavian beauty on your arms at the very end when he shows up at the airport and uh joe is like i forget the girls and he's like hello robin and he's like 
that's not Robin. This one is this other one. Hello, <laughs> yeah. this other one. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh, and Toby, you stole my answer because I was also wanting to be Colin Firth if I oh. had to choose one. Because I was like, it's just the sensibility just seemed as a as an older man now, like just go, go to France. You're just chilling out in this place. You know, you have a maid then right. that's there for like 10 hours a day, you know, like <laughs> you're paying <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like, do I need a maid for all day? Like, <laughs> like, find I, my I, phone. Yeah. Find my phone. Right. Because she can't go anywhere. He has to drive her around. Like, <laughs> so well, honestly, it's like my wife. You know, that's how I am to her. Where's my phone? <laughs> Tell me, where are my keys? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and the thing is, with my wife, after I get those questions, I'm like, if I ask something reasonable, like, well, where did you see it last? <laughs> like, don't ask me where I saw it last. <laughs> like, okay. I guess I'll start searching from the bottom up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh, well guys this has been a lot of fun thank you so much for coming on the show thank you Bob and thank Mimo. you Bob oh and uh, uh, Mimo I don't know if Bob told you the Richmond Burton Rockets won the state oh, yeah. title in football really it, yeah so, 2019 uh, 4A yeah. they went undefeated go no. RBH that's awesome <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for being on here. It's a lot of fun. Tune in, subscribe to the Agent Hipster Network podcast feed. You can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, so please subscribe if you can. Uh, you can follow me at Bob Serrano 5, Instagram at Bob Serrano 79. Thank you and have a good day.